0: Hey there, welcome to Be With The Word. So excited to be with you this week. It is the 22nd Sunday in Ordinary Time. And I've been out for quite a few weeks. If you're a regular listener, I apologize. Uh, I haven't had a new episode, episode out in a while. Uh, I was away for part of that time uh, at my daughter's wedding in New York City. It went very well, And uh, but it took up a lot of my time, a little bit before the wedding, and some of the prep, and then after the wedding, some recovery. Uh, So I've had that going on, but also um, I've been working with Hallow, If many of you might be familiar with the Hallow app, and uh, I've done a series of talks and meditations for them. So once that launches, which I think will be in a few weeks, uh, I'll I'll let everyone know uh, so that you can uh, take a look at that but I'm excited to get back at looking at the Sunday readings, examining them from that psychological perspective, uh, providing some insights. So I want to get into that now. Uh, these are readings are kind of interesting. Um, the first readings are coming from uh, Deuteronomy, which is always lots of fun, but we hear a lot about the commandments, and there it talks about The commandments of God and how you have to follow them and observe them carefully uh, and that they are just. Um, Talks about wisdom and intelligence and how the one who does justice will live in the presence of the Lord. Um, I think that's just an interesting statement. And also whoever walks blamelessly and does justice, who thinks the truth in his heart. And I feel like there's a little foreshadowing in there that links to what Jesus says in the gospel of Mark uh, for this coming Sunday, because Jesus in this passage in Mark um, also gets into obviously the commandments and he chastises the Pharisees who are at first chastising him and his group for not washing their hands, according to the law properly and it's this is the famous passage where jesus says um it's more what's in your heart that evil comes from the heart not from the outside and that human tradition should not be uh observed or made more important than the truth of god basically and so when i look at that and especially lines that say uh from within people from their hearts come evil thoughts, unchastity, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, licentiousness, envy, blasphemy, arrogance, folly, There's quite a range of vices and sins there. That those come from the heart, I always kind of perk up. Uh, I'm kind of interested in uh, where evil comes from and where does vice develop. And as you might know, uh, Dr. Peter, uh, my partner in crime at Souls and Hearts, does a lot of uh, talking about internal family systems and parts work on his podcast, The Interior Therapist. Um, and I mentioned it quite a bit as well, because it's parts work is an approach that I often take in the therapy I do. Um, and uh, I also incorporate aspects of ego state therapy, which is another kind of parts work. The whole idea there is that uh, we have a kind of a core self and we have parts or sub-personalities that uh, we have to relate to and connect with and unburden and unblend and there's all those fancy terms. Um, but it really is an interesting thing to as a therapist, as a Catholic therapist, how do I integrate those concepts, which, practically speaking, are really helpful in therapy? But I want to integrate them properly with Orthodox Christianity. I want to make sure there isn't some untruth or some aspect in there that that you know um, is improper in some way or disrespecting the Catholic worldview. So here I'm struggling because. Uh, I know that the word for heart is often noose um, that is used in, in the Greek. And so when it says here, when Jesus himself says that evil thoughts come from the heart, I perk up. I want to understand that. And when he says heart in that case, he may not be referring to the noose as in the Greek concept, the faculty by which one connects with God. Unless he's saying, as it's sometimes said, that the noose or that part of the soul that connects with God is darkened. So there is an aspect that the noose or the heart is darkened. And we know that happens because of original sin originally, but also from sin in our lives, that the noose or the heart is darkened. Um, And so with a darkened noose (laughs) or a darkened heart, we um it almost filters our reason and our will is the approach that i would take and so we need a process of purifying we need a process of becoming clean and um so and that's the whole process of sanctification that's the process of going to confession praying and so on and and purifying our hearts I would like to, though, examine the idea, though, that we have parts of us that are burdened, and those parts of us are kind of scared. We're scared of doing the wrong thing. We are possibly wanting to follow the rules in really strict ways, but not considering the truth of the commandments. The wisdom behind the commandments. The freedom that comes with the commandments. And I really do think here that that is the, um, uh, the dic- dichotomy that Christ is pointing out here. That he says, basically, um, the Pharisees are following the letter of the law, right? But their hearts are not actually turn to god and don't actually understand the whole point of it and i think that's the conversion that we all need is to understand the good that is in the commandments right it's not just a question of following the church's rules um out of strictly only obedience because otherwise i'm going to hell it's to better than that is to follow those commandments out of love of God and the good because we know it's good for us, right? And there's a place in there when, especially when we're giving up things, where I think most of us struggle, like, ah, that sounds good, but I don't want to give up these things, right? I cling to the things that I'm attached to, and some of those things harm us and harm others. And so we have to really look at our parts that are burdened with the idea that I need those things to survive or I need those things to get by or to cope. And without them, I might not be able to cope. All right, so I think it's also interesting in these passages that it says that the word is planted in us, in our hearts. So it's interesting to me that the word of truth can be planted in our hearts and at the same time Christ can say uh, evil thoughts come from the heart. So I find that I don't know that I have an answer because I'm not I'm not, you know, I don't know everything. <laughs> but it's something I'm certainly reflecting on in this passage and and and, and wondering about. Um and then the same goes in the uh other letters it says religion that is pure and undefiled before God and the Father is this, a care for orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained by the world. So those are put together. And I imagine caring for orphans and widows is one aspect. It's like an exemplar. In other words, caring for people who are in distress, caring for people who are needy, caring for the hurt, the abandoned, the, the desperate. So having a heart that wants to help others, essentially, on one hand. And on the other hand, keeping oneself unstained. So purifying and and inner cleaning of the self, growing in sanctification, growing in holiness. And those are two things we have to be doing. Um, And so I love that. I think that's true. I think we need to be focused on those two things that they go together. It's not one or the other. Um, And it really shouldn't be about um, living the commandments so strictly and fearfully um, that we are kind of like the Pharisees where we're either just living in fear or we think we're better than everyone else because, because we follow the law. All right, what I'm gonna do now is I'm going to give you a little snippet. So we're gonna switch now to a recording that I did Uh, just this past week for uh, the Catholic Journeyman uh, community. I'm running an online community. You can check it out at catholicjourneyman.com. And I did a little web meeting uh, where we discussed um, parts. And so it's kind of an introduction to parts work. And I talk about, in particular, firefighters, which are the part that usually act out in some negative way. Um, And I think if you're not familiar with parts work, internal family systems, ego state therapy, any of those things, you might find it really interesting. So I hope you'll listen and enjoy if you want to hear more. And uh, if you don't want to hear more, you can check out now, and I wish you well. And uh, we'll see you next time. But uh, uh, enjoy the following little introduction. Take care. Bye-bye. I'm gonna just get started, and because this just goes till five. And uh, so, what what we're gonna talk about? Well, I'm, this is a little more educational format, a little more lecture format. But I am totally open if there are questions that come up, especially since we're a small group, and, uh, and or comments or whatever. And I was thinking if it feels right to you guys, at some point we could even do a little exercise with it to make it real. Uh, but that's just up to you, to you guys, if you want to do that. I'm just going to start off with more, um, a little bit of explanation of what internal family systems is or what parts work is and, uh, kind of go from there. Um, and so, especially if I say anything that like, doesn't make sense or maybe requires a little more explanation, um, you know, or I use a term that isn't common, um, uh, just, you know, feel free to either put it in the chat or, or just, uh, uh, I don't know if you have the option of raising your hand, but I don't mind if you guys just talk. Um, all right, so what, what's interesting about this model is that um, it was actually, if you talk about internal family systems, it was a marriage and family therapist, uh, Richard Schwartz, who uh, developed it. And he actually discovered, uh, and I want to say it would have been the 1980s, I could be wrong on that, but I think it's around that time and he was working with especially uh, patients who had a lot of serious crazy trauma, and he had been doing some work where he was um, identifying within a person that there were maybe different parts at play and you see some of that you could get from way back, Bradshaw, um, various people who were kind of like doing that inner child work where you kind of identify hey we have an inner child inside of us kind of thing that is kind of still with us and we need to learn how to speak to that child or we need to learn how to um, uh, relate to it and and hear that child and this kind of thing. And healing, there's a lot of really cool healing work with that whole inner child movement. And that's just an example of a part. And so Schwartz was doing some work with kind of adapting parts and he was, because he was a marriage and family Therapist, he's been trained in what's called systems theory. And systems theory tells us that we're um like families are like systems, communities are systems. Everybody's brought in a system. And so if you're a family, then um you're affected by everybody else in your system. And if you make a, po- a negative change in that system, it affects everybody in some way. If you make a positive change to just one person, it affects everybody. Right. And so, you know, it's really this whole idea that there's a structure to a family. And when you change the structure, you can make improvements or have worse effects. So, um, anyway, this this is a whole way of looking at uh, therapy that family therapists are trained in. Whereas, like your typical psychologist is trained to really look at the internal workings of the inside the person. So, it's more of an internal psyche right you all the way back to freud with the ego id super ego stuff and and you're trying to uncover the subconscious and and bring things to light and blah 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 so that's that's the traditional path whereas the systems uh way of doing things is finding amazing results by just changing the person's system right um i always say it's like i remember as a kid going to the hershey's chocolate factory and or watching laverne and shirley and the beer factory or whatever and uh the you know you do one thing wrong in the chocolate factory it ruins the whole you're, you're, the chocolates aren't going to come out right if even one part of the whole system is is messed up in some way um and so you have laverne and shirley waiting the end of the show they have to wait for the together i think is her, it a her glove back anyway um so the point is what schwartz discovered is though inside our person our very self is actually a system and and once, and that all of our, we have different sub-personalities or call them parts that exist that uh, within us that have their own kind of interests and their own experiences in a sense. And, and that when we get to know those parts of ourselves, uh, we can kind of work with them. And he worked with really severe trauma clients, like people that weren't really getting good results from normal therapy. And when he discovered their wounded parts, right? A lot of times that might be seen as kind of like that inner child, maybe. And when he started doing work with those parts and recognizing as well as the inner child, which would be like the wounded part, there were other parts like managers and other parts that were within a person that were sometimes in conflict or were protecting that inner child. And if you ignore them, uh, you're gonna get negative effects. You're gonna get some other effect. You're not gonna have as much success. So he started working with really getting to know the all of a person's parts, helping them learn about their parts. And once he was doing that, he was finding tremendous success, even with really troubled, really, really difficult clients. Um, now that's Schwartz and then he, of course, over years of working this program, like working it and discovering it and that he created an entire um, approach to therapy that was called internal family systems. And people are trained in that and and are using that. And there's lots of books and you can go on YouTube and watch videos. And so it's this whole thing now. It's really popular. It's super. I find it super effective. Um, Interestingly enough, even before Schwartz though, there were some pioneers in this area and there's another type of parts work that I've become more and more been learning more and more about, called ego state therapy. And so before Schwartz, they were already talking about parts; they were calling them ego states, and recognizing and that recognizing that these different ego states are all part of the self. All right, and uh, so I might refer to both a little bit of ego state therapy stuff, which comes out of the hypnotherapy tradition, as well as internal family systems which comes out of the family's therapy background. Because that just gives you a sense, I wanted to just provide a little context of what, what this therapy kind of is and where it comes from. Um, uh, so I wanna make this as practical as possible and, and zoom in on things that might be interesting to you you guys uh, and and uh, whether you do this type of therapy yourself or like you have somebody uh, do this with you or um, or you just sort of like can use it in your everyday life a little bit. And so I want to point out, according to Schwartz, there were, there were, there were a, a number of different kinds of parts and, that we all have. And, uh, and then according to Schwartz, there's a self, a core self. I really like this, this concept. And I find it's the most intriguing part as a Catholic because what he found uh, in all of his work, and Schwartz is not Catholic. I don't think he's Christian. He may be a secular Jew, or maybe he's practicing Jewish, but he's—I think—he's not Christian. But what he discovered was that uh, as once you kind of get to know all the parts, then the self, the tr- you could call it the true self, the core self, whatever the self emerges, and that the self has certain qualities that just are always there right so the um the the self i want to make sure i don't have any uh messages from anybody trying to get in or having trouble because i just got a bunch of messages let me just quickly check on that um oh never mind okay the self is always compassionate the self is always kind the self is always curious the self is always calm the self is always patient, the self is always um, wise. And so when I was learning about this therapy, I was going, that is so fascinating because that kind of sounds like a person who has been filled with the Holy Spirit or a person who is like, that sounds like the gifts of the Holy Spirit to me. That sounds like, like the person created in God's image. Like that sounds like that would be compatible with, with a Christian worldview, in a way that I haven't ever heard in other kinds of therapies quite the same. So I really started it, like getting interested in this idea of the self and I'm still learning. I'm still figuring it out and kind of mapping it to like solid Orthodox kind of Catholic theology to try to like make sure it fits and figure out what's correct and what might need to be tweaked or understood uh, from a Christian perspective. I've kind of come to the belief that the soul. There's a part of the soul called the. That sometimes in the in Greek is called the nous. Sometimes in the Bible referred to as the heart. Sometimes the mind, but it's this sort of uh, this. The Greek word in the New Testament is nous, and um, that is kind of the faculty by which we connect with God. Um, You know, as well as we have reason and we have a will. So if we get Thomistic about it. We have a, we we also have a, a reason and a will that kind of make up the soul, and so um, you know anyhow that could be another talk because I would really love to talk more about the self and what that what that is. But it's always it, it, Schwartz's remarkable experiences, no matter how bad the person' behavior is or trauma was or whatever their their messy life. When you just when you got when you separated out all the parts and the self emerged it has these qualities you know and that's just what he found um all right then so i want to get into some of these parts okay so um one type of part that is pretty common is our manager parts so we have a manager that um you know, I would think about it as uh, I have a manager part that's really good at doing tasks, that is busy, that likes to achieve things. I have a really, (laughs) I have a really good manager doer part uh, that's active a lot. And uh, and so that's cool. That's a manager, you know, and and I might have, might come in conflict with some other managers. Like there's, I might have a, a manager that's kind of in charge of recreation or whatever, like, likes to relax, likes to enjoy a good time, likes to socialize right so we have different manager parts um the way i look at it sometimes i think i've used this analogy before um i have a part that wants to go to the gym and work out and get fit i have another part that wants to sit on my lazy boy chair and just binge watch tv so i don't want to let any of those either one of those parts take over and in internal family systems we would call that blending So if a part blends with the self, it means that that part is sort of dominant. It's kind of running things, right? It's blended in with the self. So we're less aware of our core self. And that part is what's interacting with speaking. It's interacting with our friends, our spouse, our kids, whatever, like is more that part. So if my manager part, that's a doer, a task oriented achiever is totally blended in with the self, then I'm a little bit one track minded, I'm like, on top of tasks and only interested in tasks and busy with things, right. And so I don't want that to be the case. I want to I want to use that part, I want to activate that part, but not let it run the show. If that makes some sense. Um, and then we have parts that I've mentioned before that are wounded. Uh, Those are sometimes called, in internal family systems, they're called exiles. And that's a part of ourselves that has been wounded or hurt in some way. So I see that as some kind of trauma. It isn't always has to be uh, war zones and rapes. It could be like um, being bullied at school. It could be some moment as a kid when you were yelled at, or especially if it's something chronically that happened, um, that for whatever reason, uh, we were hurt and rather than feel that pain or get help for that pain or work through that pain at the time we basically said our internal system said holy crap i can't handle that pain make that part of me now that's feeling all this pain go away so we exile it we block it up in our closet or in our brain or we just it just somehow is repressed you know compartmentalized whatever it's 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 I don't want to feel that and then the another part is emerges there to protect it so we call that a protector part so we're typically dealing with the fact that we have a protector part whose job is to make sure that we don't have that wound anymore that wound doesn't feel any pain anymore and or we don't feel the pain and so we have a protector part guarding if you will a wounded part called an exile all right so I could go into more detail on that, but but maybe that's a good place for now to just sort of understand. Oftentimes, the protective part might have some um, relationship to the wound in some way. Like um, I don't know, I'm thinking if 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 the wound was you fell on your face and embarrassed yourself, and everybody laughed during the school play. I don't know. So there's a little part of you that learned in that moment. Uh, I'm never going to embarrass my like. I'm never going to embarrass myself again in front of people that protector's job might be to make sure you're never in a situation where you'll be where you'll be that embarrassed ever again and that's the protector the wound is the little kid who fell and everybody laughed at him all right so that so that is just sort of put away (laughs) um and the protector's usually pretty strong so if somebody comes to you and says oh you got such a beautiful voice i heard you at church would you sing would you consider joining the the, the whatever church musical or something the protector's like no <laughs> not gonna do that not gonna happen right to, it, it's gonna be the protector will sort of leap out kind of like that in, in that moment so that's that's um uh that set up now Um, as life happens, our managers and sometimes like our protectors, something gets through. So, um, the way I would see that would be, um, uh, the protector, I don't want to say falls down on the job, but in some ways compromised. So maybe someone we love dies. Maybe, um, we, you know, we lose our job. Maybe uh, it'll pick something that happens that it's kind of overwhelming or really difficult. And somehow the, whatever the protector's defenses were just didn't work. So then the wound is exposed in some way. And that hurt and pain is suddenly uh, present in a way it's been guarded for a long time. So it hasn't been present. All of a sudden you feel, you feel it. So the system doesn't know what to do with that. And so another part shows up and that part's called a firefighter. At least that's what IFS calls it. And a lot of time that the job of that firefighter is to make sure the kid or the wound or the exile and, the, and that pain goes away. It's a whole job. And it's of it's an emergency. And so like a firefighter, he doesn't care about your house if your house is on fire he's breaking down the door he's smashing the window he's muddying your carpet he's whatever so he's just going to come in and take care of business and so what what are typical firefighters for most people are things like alcohol drugs um it could be some other numbing activity like could be video games or binge watching Netflix. It could be, uh, could be overeating. It could be any of those behaviors that um, that basically numb us out or take care of pain. So all those behaviors might be fine in many circumstances, right? Like having a drink might be a fine thing. It might be a social thing. Um, playing a video game might be just fun or whatever. It could be recreation, right? Uh, uh, even even exercise right could be could be a firefighter but but all those things aren't always firefighters right so there's sometimes they're they have a good use but the difference when it's to know whether it's a firefighter or not is if it's numbing pain and some pain is like obvious like somebody we love dies we you know and you just drink a lot or something because you just can't handle it it's like super obvious um okay that's a firefighter just showed up um, other times it's less obvious because there's the pain is less obvious, like, cause we're, we're, especially a man, I think, but maybe everybody, like we, we can tolerate a certain amount of pain. We're sort of stoic. Sometimes we sort of repress it. We're not noticing that our protectors are kind of getting compromised. And all of a sudden what happens is we're sort of chronically numbing more and more. That I find happens a lot more these days uh, to people where it's not a noticeable event, but it's more like a chronic response that after a while gets more and more pronounced until suddenly it's causing an actual, really causing a problem in life. In any event, the, the recognition here that there's a dynamic where the firefighter comes in to take care of business, when it becomes an addiction is when that firefighter is constantly being evoked because there's so much going on and the, the person can't, can't, can't handle on their own. Um, so firefighters kind of really, that whole dynamic, when I first learned internal family systems and I learned about firefighters and how they come about, it kind of changed my whole view and my whole understanding of addiction because I, I could see where it comes from. I think there, there, there might be like, obviously in some addictions, there's a chemical or just pure habit component But unless you get at the wounded part and you address the fire, yes, you have to address the firefighter. Yes, you have to get to the wounded part. Unless you get to that and do some healing and work with that, you're always gonna be set up for the potential for the need of a firefighter. Um, But the trick, the problem I found and what I learned as a therapist was that if I just leap in with inner child work, I'm actually ignoring the protector. And for a lot of people, uh, consciously or unconsciously, they put up a, a, a wall, right? And that's why so many people like don't want to go to therapy, especially guys like, why would I want to go to therapy so that I could relive that pain? Why would I want to go to therapy to trauma therapy to, to like talk about this horrible thing that happened to me? Um, of course they don't, right? And the protector is the one saying that because the protector's job is to make sure that kid doesn't feel pain anymore so you actually have in for this approach this therapeutic approach you actually have to meet the protector you kind of have to meet him and you have to talk to him and get permission to to spend time with the wounded exile and he needs buy-in and In eco-state therapy, the therapist sometimes does that negotiation directly with with that protector. In IFS therapy, the, the therapist helps the person bring out the self or discover or get in touch with the self, the core self we were talking about before, and have the self approach the protector. Either way, I actually like the IFS approach there better, but sometimes depending what's going on the other approach is more direct and necessary in the moment but ideally the self is the one your core self is actually looking at your protector and so if we use the example of um like what i was saying like the protector that won't let the person do anything that will embarrass them um socially you know the first thing you have to do is actually empathize with that protector and even thank it. Like noticing that part, like notice that part of yourself and say, okay, for all my life, you've been like majorly protecting me from being embarrassed. So, because that's what you really, that part of me really thought I needed to do to survive. So you kind of had to thank it, you know, rather than go, uh, like, I'm so shy or I'm such an introvert or I'm so, I have social anxiety or whatever. I'm just, uh, that's like just making it into a pathology, making it into I'm so bad, right? And some protectors are really critical, right? Like they're super critical and you think there's no good about them. But when you get to meet that part of yourself, you go, oh, you've been critical Maybe you've sounded a lot like my mom or my dad or somebody who's so critical of me. Uh, but you've been doing that because you think you have to to keep me safe. It changes the game, right? Um, rather than just going, oh, I have a part of me that's super mean or you know, just I have negative beliefs and all this business. No, you, yes, but, but in reality, that part has been trying to survive that way that's what they learned maybe really at a young age so you connect with that part and you're like you've been spending your whole life protecting me from being embarrassed because you think that if i try something new i am going to get like i did when i was a kid and fell on the on the stage everybody laughed you think i'm going to be socially annihilated or humiliated i won't be able to recover and the shame will be overwhelming and the answer is usually yeah exactly and then it needs to be like okay i get it now so you have to connect with the part and then there's an aspect here where you have to go well i'm not that little kid anymore and um right now it's causing lots of problems in my life like i can't do uh i go i turn five shades of red or i i i i get sick for work if i have to do a presentation or whatever the whatever the problems are current problems say now it's really causing the fact one point you saved me but right now it's actually hurting would you be willing to let me work with that wounded part so that the wounded part can get what it never got before Right. Because I think that wounded kid, that exile believes he's he's bad or he's, you know, he was laughed at. So he's just carrying lots of shame. or He thinks he's no good or something. Can we find out? See, so you're developing some trust. with It sounds funny, right? Because it's it's still it's all you. (laughs) It's all part of you. But you're developing some trust with a part of you that maybe has been like a wall for a long time. And often, um, you know, depending on the therapy, you might have to do something there to help with that. But let's say the part does agree, then you're meeting this wounded part. And, you know, then there's a whole process there to be able to help that part recognize like, it's probably carrying some kind of burden, right? Like a belief that if something, if I make a mistake or whatever, people will laugh at me, I'll be like, I don't know, um, I'm worthless or something. And when you find out and you connect with that child and you actually see it as a child, like actually help people like like, like ask questions, like how old does this part seem to you? And people will say like seven, eight, whatever. And it was like, okay. And And most of the time people are gonna be able to like see it differently now. Because in the past, like they might've thought I'm not even gonna go there. But when they see it, that it's actually a child, it's like, oh, I thought this was gonna be scary, but it's actually just a kid. There's a part of me that's just like a kid. And all of a sudden it's like, well, what would you, you know, you might ask like, what does that kid need? Or what, you know, and the kid might, you um, might actually say or whatever. And sometimes it's like super easy and obvious. Like the kid needs a hug. The kid needs to know, he's an awesome kid and uh, you'll be there for him if anything goes wrong or something, you know, or, uh, you know, whatever he needs. And, and if a person can't quite do that sometimes, cause that's really hard to do for yourself. Sometimes I'll say, well, do you have like a kid who's seven or eight or do you have a nephew or niece? Have you ever seen a kid? <laughs> and if they, if they have, so if they like, if, especially like often they'll say, yeah, I have a son who's eight. And you say, well, what would you say to him if he fell down on stage after like during a play? What would you say to him after? Usually they know what to say. Like they would know, you know, how to comfort another person, but they have a hard time, you know, doing it for themselves. So you're there to help them as a therapist. You're there to help them do that process. And it's amazing. And sometimes the burden for that kid just is like can actually make kind of visible and actually can help like let's 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 put that burden down and from a catholic perspective there's so many options depending on the person like sometimes it's like let's let's bring that burden to the cross or sometimes if they're having a hard time like accessing that self i was talking about uh for whatever reason but you are somehow in this process you're you're accessing this wounded part sometimes it's like well can we pray and invite christ to be here for this I don't do this unless it's a Catholic person and they and they're okay with that. But I or sometimes it's it's Our Lady, and I found that like that can be very powerful. Um, usually, I've done a little bit of checking in with their relationship with God because if they have a complicated relationship with God or um, I don't know, so it can get make it messy. But if not, uh, most of the time, what they would say, like they would pick an image of God right that it might not be God the father like it might be christ or it might be um it might be our lady or something or maybe it could even be an angel or a saint but that 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 is a a resource for them that would know how to love that little kid and so they could see you know what would christ do and then they could see that and then that helps them to then be loving toward themselves that's a big part of it is so so okay then so after that process where there's some care and love and kindness to themselves and a little bit of healing and you're taking that little kid and you're bringing him out of exile you're inviting him into the whole system right and, the, and then you're checking with that protector and saying you know because the protectors the senses watch this healing happen and now it's like okay protector you still have to protect the kid but we're not locking him in the closet anymore we're gonna we're letting them be part of the system. Is that okay? And they're always okay at that point. And, and, and now the kid is like present mm-hmm. in a good way in your system. And then we're checking a little bit with those firefighters because the firefighters had the job before of, of like doing whatever they needed to, um, to um, you know, make pain go away. But now we've just done some work to help heal that. And so the firefighter, now we're checking with them and realizing, well, the firefighter is really a manager who took the role of firefighter, right? And so now we're gonna say, well, what next, because the kid's bound to have some bumps. Our system is bound to feel some pain sometimes. What can this new, this manager that used to be a firefighter now do in the system? That manager, you know, maybe there's better ways of handling pain better ways of dealing with disappointment, loss and loneliness, all this kind of thing. So you do some work with that. All right, I'm looking at the time. All right, so I talked for like 30 minutes (laughs) Uh, and and I gave a lot, it just all kind of flowed. I hope that made sense. I am open to questions and thoughts and comments or if anybody wants, uh, I can
1: even like walk you through a little of the process of encountering a part. Up to you guys, or you're all asleep. I've lulled you to sleep because it's Saturday afternoon, <laughs> and you're all muted. In case anybody has done, That's uh, all really clear, Jerry. I think you did a fine job. Okay, oh, and-
0: awesome. Did anything speak to you? Like, did you notice, or like, because I know it sounds a little might sound to some people it might just sort of sound interesting theoretically and some people might just be like all these terms and strange so i'm curious like did any part of it like resonate with you or speak to you
2: yeah i'll, I'll jump in uh yeah a lot did speak to me and i think uh, i posted too uh, on the forums about my daughter who's actually been through a little bit of this but even when I look at my own life um, and my own experiences uh, with some sexual abuse, I can see that there's definitely um, some something there that uh, that's um, definitely something I need to think more about um, And even you know just as I was as you were talking and I was thinking about my week this week, I you know, my, my dad and I have been kind of going back and forth. He's, he's angry at the world right now. And um, I'm angry at him because, <laughs> because he can't seem to forgive people. Um, trying to think of the best way to explain this. But anyway, I tend to shut down when he becomes angry. And um, it's almost like this little boy part of me just wants to run away and I I can't talk to him about it. And Mm -hmm. so I kind of harbor all of these feelings inside. So some of what you're talking about, it it reminded me of of that experience that I just had with my dad earlier this week.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so that's really interesting because you're bringing up a good point. What happens in relationships a lot of the time is that it's our parts talking to the other person's parts, if that makes sense. And so Um, Your dad, you know, and I don't know him or anything, but from the little tiny bit you just mentioned, if he doesn't want to forgive or he's got a bitterness or anger about something, then that's a part. And that part has probably been hurt, right? And has been in some way offended or hurt or something. And so that part is blended in with the self. So you're encountering him that like that part of him dominates right? And then that's triggering in you some other part also that's maybe been hurt or wounded before or a part that is, um, you know, uh, like, the, well, the wounded part wanting to run away or the protector wanting to help him run away, something like that. So you're dealing part to part and it feels very unsatisfying in a relationship. And what would have to happen, right, which is difficult, would be for example your dad would have to recognize that part and what we would say in internal family systems world is say to be in self so if you're in self you kind of unblend for, from those parts so I, like, like as an example um, I'm not actually nervous today so I have been nervous before in public speaking I think I've been doing more and more of it that I don't get I've, I've been overcoming that pretty better but I'm capable of a lot of nervousness. So if I was super nervous today, then, um, I I would have to recognize there is a part of me kind of a protective part that wants to, that is freaked out and is worried and scared that has fears that I'm going to make a mistake or people aren't going to like me or whatever. People are going to think I'm not smart or I don't know what. And so what, what I would typically do, right. In the past, maybe would be to say, stop that to myself, like, get over it. Come on. Like you've done talks before, you know, this stuff, come on," you know, so I, which is actually another part, like telling that part it's, it's something's wrong with it. Basically, instead of me as the self recognizing and recognize, like kind of accessing the self a little bit, kind of, getting a visual internally on this scared part and saying, okay, I get it. You know, you, you're, you're scared and yeah, your fears are reasonable to some extent. I hear it, I hear you, I see you. It's gonna be okay, right? And so my, the core self is, is, is um, comforting uh, a part of me that's scared. And usually that is helpful. It may not work 100% all the time, especially in a moment, but it, it often it will really help that, I'll, I'll, my whole system will kind of calm down, okay, right? Which is the opposite of what would happen if I just say, shut up, come on, you gotta do this, right? Then that part is gonna get more anxious. And then I'm gonna stand up there and shake, right? So in your dad's example though, and I'm gonna speculate to some extent, but if, if you don't wanna forgive and you're angry, it's because you've been hurt. And, and if on some level, you or somebody else is saying, why don't you forgive people? Or, you know, you're not being a good Christian, or you've got to get over it, or something, then that part of him is probably getting more entrenched, not less. And so a different approach, which would be ideal if he could do for himself, to shock me if he could, probably, but if he could, maybe somebody helps him with it, would be um, I get it. You have every right to feel angry. You know, and I understand it's hard to forgive. And then that part actually starts to calm down a little bit because it's understood. So it's basically empathy, right? We empathize with that, with that part. And then it opens up the possibility of them hearing the next part, which might be, yeah, but the, if you hold on to that uh, resentment, you're going to lose relationship." is that is that what you want and then maybe that after feeling empathized with there might be some movement or not but you're not going to be able to do that with him if you have parts that are running scared because they're like oh my gosh he's being that way again and you know and when that happened before i was in trouble or it was dangerous or whatever um so like i'm saying it's your parts are interacting and there's no guarantee that if you were totally in self and you were able to try to speak to your dad in self there's no guarantee that he's going to respond well because you're still dealing with one of his parts the best is if he can learn to do that (laughs) so it makes it hard in relationships like marriages and stuff like that it's so awesome when um when with our spouse we can be in self and they're in self and we're connecting that is the deeper level connection, right? And in, in other and the different psychological theory would say that's secure attachment. I can be, I can empathize. Somebody, uh, the other person can be vulnerable. I can be vulnerable and they're going to empathize and care for that, you know, and that when it's that kind of safety and security in the relationship and vulnerability and empathy, then you that feels that has to be self to self right? That means we're, um, and all that. And when something happens, so you say the wrong thing and insult them, the other person, they know you are, um, you know, how much you love them and they feel that connection. So they're, they're not going to like punch you in the face. Instead, they're going to be like, what happened there? Because I know we're good. I know we have this connection, but what you just said actually hurt my feelings. And then the other person's response in self is going to be, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And what I, this is what I meant. And why did you receive it that way? And then it's like, it's a different conversation than you see a lot of couples have when they, when one person, you know, says the wrong thing and they get into a fight because they're all, all their parts get activated now. Right. And if, if we're married and you have a wife, then you might know that your wife has parts and she's going to some one of those parts if they if it blends in with who she is and and it's angry and and that part has been feeling resentment over a bunch of things for a long time then you're going to get a really angry part but if you say to your wife honey you should just be in self more she'll probably hit you so you can't do that i'm not speaking from experience (laughs) um all right Rob, sorry, I said a lot in response, does that.
2: Yeah, no, that was great, Um, yeah, I can see definitely where this could be very helpful in a lot of situations, Um, so yeah there's a lot to think about there,
1: thanks Mm -hmm. for that. Yeah,
0: and I can say um, how powerful this works too, because I know you shared, I don't know what Garrett knows but. um, uh, and, and and Mac does know, but I don't know about Garrett, but I, I, I have an abuse history as well. And I have done both parts work and, uh, EMDR, um, uh, for healing for myself. And, um, so I can really attest to that, that, um, like I have, I'm really generally now really in touch with, I have a five-year-old part A middle school part and a high school part of me that each I check in with and it's very it's been very it's very healing and very powerful to um, for my internal system for those parts because I didn't recognize oh um, there's so much I learned about my wounds and the way that my child part takes it because A child or a middle schooler for that matter is going to experience abuse a certain way from the point of view of a child and if that's a part that's kind of trapped in your system in some way then it's operating from that point of view and then even but as an adult you know the self or other manager parts of your system they're adult-like are gonna not understand that and um and so doing this work really helps to kind of like learn to have better empathy and understanding for self and i do a lot of work like like my dissertation was on male abuse survivors and i do a lot of work with male abuse survivors and so and to a person that i've worked with they all um have this huge self-hatred and it's a little bit hard sometimes as a therapist cuz they're just like um, you get to a point and they're so like, I, I think of a few different clients who are like, they're so mean to their inner child. They would and I know them and I'm like, you would never be that mean to another, to an actual child, but you're that mean to your inner child. And it's like this self-hatred because they're not, they're approaching that child from an adult perspective, not from how a child sees the world. And once they see it from the child's perspective, once they really know that part, and they actually can, it's not just a question of knowing it, it's actually like feeling it, being with it. Something happens and it's like, oh, you were just a kid. And that might be obvious to everybody else. Like, of course you were just a kid, but to the person that experienced the abuse, it's not obvious until you do this work. At least that's been my experience that, oh, you were just a kid,
1: no wonder. Right, and that can be a powerful, um, anyway, powerful moment. Garrett, did you did you have
0: any questions or, or thoughts on all this? Um, no, um, not really. Like I said before, like i I've, I've been going through um, just some of my parts. Um, I know I've got, I've got a lot of firefighters, like the running away fire, running away. i I really want to do that. Um, binging YouTube, um, probably even just, uh, trying to take a nap as well. Um, oh yeah. So yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot, um, a lot there, uh, for sure. Mm-hmm good okay i'm glad it's helpful and some of its theory so it's another thing to kind of put it into practice um yeah um mm -hmm. and and so maybe what i could do maybe like rather than single one person because we're such a small group but maybe i can just do a little activity that you don't have to share anything after if you don't want anybody doesn't have to but just to sort of maybe get a little experience of what what it, it it feels like a little bit to do this, um, so I'll just use a little bit. If so, if you're comfortable, right, and and you're in a sort of a comfortable place, and you can just um, you know take a few deep breaths and just kind of relax as best as you can where you are. I'm just going to ask a few questions and just sort of see what comes up for you. And at, once we're done this, don't don't feel obligated to share details of what happened. Uh, I Maybe I'll, I'll ask like how it felt for you, but um, it'd be just up to you, whatever you want to share. But um, so, so I'll just sort of do some of the, some of the language here. Um, so leaning back in your chair, just notice, notice relying on and depending on the chair to support you or the couch or wherever. Turn your attention in your breath.
1: Allow your breathing, allow your body to breathe for you. Perhaps breathe in and invite the Holy Spirit into your heart. Notice as you sort of, as we
0: turn inward and we look inside. Just notice if there's any we call them parts but you know pretty aspect of yourself that is a little agitated today or is a little um more present than than otherwise notice if it's um present in some way in your body like sometimes people will notice a little little anxiety in their chest or a, a feeling in their gut or tension in their shoulders if you notice any of those kinds of things see if you can connect that with a part of you
1: um that might be agitated or preoccupied with something um just check in if you're able to visualize
0: you know um that sensation, that feeling, that preoccupation, you're able, or it might be an emotion, be able to visualize that as a part, part of you. Maybe um, you could visualize, you know, um, a space inside of you, like a. sometimes people choose like a little conference room or a little living room space and sort of notice this part of you as,
1: and I was just sort of being there, being present. And just sort of notice whether this part feels comfortable or is a little activated. Just see if you can just notice it.
0: I'm not gonna try to, I'm not gonna do anything to it or approach it. We're just gonna start off by just sort of noticing it. Um, And if it has a worry, see if it can in some way communicate to you what what it's
1: worried about or what it's preoccupied with or what might be bothering it. And so... Just notice how you experience that part. And as you hear
0: it share something, if it does share anything about it, it's what's bothering it.
1: Now, as you're, as you're noticing that, sort of notice how you feel toward this part. And if that part is um, what you notice about it is critical
0: or um, has some kind of agenda or how you feel toward it is some way negative, then that tells us that that's another part, that there's another part in there that has an opinion or has a, um, a criticism or a negative feeling about the preoccupied part. I'm assuming it is preoccupied. I'm not asking any one person, it might be something else. But if that's the case, then just notice, hey, there's two parts. Sometimes we will have multiple parts and notice that have a little conflict with each other. And what we're gonna do now is we're just gonna maybe do the same with this other part and just say, hey, notice it, hear what it's worried about hear what it's preoccupied
1: with. And just noticing that. And if for either one or both of these parts, or if
0: we only have one here, let's take a moment to just, as best as we can, understand where the part's coming from. And if it seems right to be able to say to this part, I get you, I hear you, I get it not even that you're conscious you may not agree hundred percent but you get where it's coming from and at least if you don't get it
1: it'd be good to ask more questions to try to understand better and if you do feel something toward this part like compassion
0: if you do feel um like just curious and understanding and, you know, um, and, and a desire to connect with the part, then that tells us that we're accessing a little bit of the self, that the selfish, our core self is showing up or at least it's always there, of course, but it's more present and it's more the, I don't wanna say the real you, but the core of you, a deeper part of you, deeper, not a part, core of you, that is showing up, and if that happens, that's 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 okay. That's great. And and notice, let your core self have compassion, um, and understanding, and empathy toward these parts. Even if maybe if there's two competing parts, even um, on both of them, that you on some level, okay, I get you, and I get you, and and and. If
1: it's possible, see if those parts feel that compassion. And if they do, really notice what that's like for them. They might be a bit surprised. (laughs) And... So if we do
0: have parts that are in conflict and if they felt a little bit of understanding, now maybe there's room that that self, that core self can can help negotiate, if you will, can help come up with what a good choice is or what good way to handle it. Um, it might mean that some parts are not gonna get what they want or not as much of what they want as they want. But they will know that the core self is the one, carefully,
1: conscientiously making a decision to help. And so um, we're we're gonna
0: we're going to um, wrap up this activity, but before we do um because this was just a little taste and because i was doing generically i don't really know what you were experiencing uh and how well it resonated with what where i went but if any parts showed up even just one part now is the time to thank that part thank them for being present for being willing to do this little exercise and give it a try and uh and that wherever they were before they're allowed you know to go back there and thank them and just like i don't like to leave them hanging (laughs) i I like to be gentle with 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 the self and the whole system um and uh we're just going to come back to the the here and now and uh that's that's all i wanted to try with that um let me know if what that was like for you. you you can share details if you want but just i'm really curious um whether you're able to connect a bit with that i know
1: it was it's weird to do it in grip, but or did I really put everybody into a deep meditative state <laughs> uh,
2: so i I guess I'll jump in, uh, yeah, they. I think I came to, to seeing two different parts, uh, kind of going back to the example with my dad, that's something that's been on my mind. In fact, I, I, I went a confession about it this morning, so it's been on my mind today. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll just say that I think there's two parts there.
0: Awesome. No, that's good. You were able to connect the two parts and in, in whatever the process was. That's that's great that's just that's what I was hoping for is just to you know to have a taste of what this is like that's great well if there isn't anything else to share we're going to close up because it's just after five um so I want to thank you guys for for coming and uh, spending a bit of time with me this Saturday afternoon and to learn about parts and uh, I hope you enjoyed it. And everybody that is listening um, uh, after the fact, love to hear in the comment section, your thoughts and uh, your experience. And uh, we'll go from there. And we'll also be looking for topics for the next web meeting. So we're gonna do um, something different each month. So, um, and I'm, I'll, I always have something I'll do. Like I've always come up with something. But I, I actually love to get suggestions. So uh, I look forward to those. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Hope you guys have a great uh, rest of your weekend. Thank you.
2: Thanks, Jerry. Thanks, Jerry. You later.
0: All right. Bye-bye. Hey there. This is Dr. Jerry here again. I hope you enjoyed that uh, little excerpt from the Catholic Journeyman uh, a web meeting on parts work. And... Uh, mm-hmm. As I usually say at the end of each session, I'll look forward to seeing you next time and be still, believe, and be loved. Take good care. Bye-bye.